crucis de limitis nostris libros deus noster, in nomine Patris, Filii, Pitus Sancti, Amen. My Lord and my God, I firmly believe that you are here, that you see me, that you hear me. I adore you with profound reverence. I ask your pardon for my sins and the grace to make this time of prayer fruitful. My Immaculate Mother, St. Joseph, my Father and Lord, my Guardian Angel, intercede for me. We began this retreat with the image of the tower, which our Lord says, suppose one of you wants to build a tower. Quisenim ex vobis volens turrim edificare. Suppose one of you wants to build a tower. Won't you first sit down and estimate the cost to see if you have enough money to complete it? Otherwise, if he doesn't complete it, uh, those seeing him build will just deride him, laugh at him. Well, Jesus, we know we are, we are building a tower. That daily tower, that daily building of that tower, expressed in our use of time, but it is also in the way we show prudence, human prudence, in which we work out in advance the risks uh, that we may run. And with all the more reason, if there are human risks, a Christian should embrace the, the, the risks of facing the cross voluntarily and generously every day. Because there's no other way of following Jesus Christ except by embracing the cross. Sometimes that regards how we build a tower or the house of our sanctification. There's a famous quote by C.S. Lewis from Mere Christianity. He says, imagine yourself as a living house. If you are a living house, God comes in to rebuild that house. If you're a living house, God comes in to rebuild. At first, perhaps, you can understand that he's doing good. He's getting the drains right and stopping the leaks in the roof and so on. You know that those jobs needed doing. And so you're not surprised. But presently he starts knocking the house about in a way that hurts abominably. And he does not seem to make, and it doesn't seem to make any sense. What on earth is he up to? The explanation that he's building quite a different house from the one you thought of throwing out, throwing out a new wing here, putting on an extra floor there, running up towers, making courtyards. You thought you were being made into a, a decent little cottage. But he's building a palace. He intends to come and live in it himself. He intends to come and live. 
So as we look at our life of work, as we look at what we do every day, are we allowing our Lord to build that palace? Or do we just want a decent little cottage? Are we allowing Him to live in us, you could say? Are we building that tower that here C.S. Lewis speaks about? And how many floors does it have? That's the tower of our sanctification through our daily work. Our daily work. And of course we're, we're going to work. No matter what, the, what, where we are, what happens, we're, we're going to be working. We have to make money. We have to survive. But what, you know, what is that daily work like? Is, am I building a cottage or am I building a palace for our Lord to live in? By the way I work by the hours that I offer to Him, by the, the rectitude of intention with which I do my work, or do I get stressed out, do I get or often stressed out, or worried, or very concerned about what others think about me? What kind of tower are you building? What kind of palace? You'll remember, well, at least... Some of you, I suppose, will remember how happy we were. How happy we were. When we heard Pope John Paul II say these words to the pilgrims in St. Peter's Square on October 7th, 2002. So it was the day after the canonization. Still tons of people were there in, in St. Peter's Square. Don Alvaro had celebrated the Mass and there... No, it wasn't Don Alvaro, it was Don Javier who, who, who had celebrated the Mass. And uh, Pope John Paul II addressed the crowd. And he said, Sainte Maria was chosen by the Lord to announce the universal call to holiness and to point out that daily life and ordinary activities are a path to holiness. One could say that he was the saint of the ordinary life, or sometimes the saint of the ordinary. In fact, he was convinced that for those who live with a perspective of faith, everything is an opportunity to meet God. Everything can be an incentive for prayer. Seen in this light, daily life reveals an unexpected greatness. Holiness is truly within everyone's reach. Part of what he said there on that day. And evoking that daily life reveals unexpected greatness. That we are part of a great palace that we're building in because our Lord is going to come live in that palace. Now in that passage, he, he talks about ordinary activities as a path of holiness. He doesn't actually mention the word work or professional work. But... That is indeed the ordinary activity that each one of us is, in, is engaged in every day. If we're not involved in professional work, it's somehow the day is not ordinary. We're on holiday or what have you. It's a, but, but even in, in holidays, 
even when we're not, so to speak, working, we are engaged in activity that sanctifies us. But we have to, we have to put the love of God into it. We have to breathe in the oxygen of God into that work. And maybe we're just so used to working, it's just such a normal part of our life that we, we, maybe, some, you know, we have, maybe we have somehow lost, though we can explain it, we have maybe not really uh, infused it with grace. You know, Kevin Majors says that, our father said that a sign of sanctification of work is to finish the work we do with the same enthusiasm that we started it with. We finish it with enthusiasm. At first, it's normal that we be enthusiasm because we're, we're, you know, we're rested, we're fresh, but we got to keep at it. And he said, enthusiasm means entheos, in God, divinized. So when we begin our day working, we can say, okay, Lord, I have this task to face, this challenge to face. I don't know all the things that I have to do today, but I want to do it for you. I want to do it for these apostolic intentions. I'm going to do it out of love for you. But we, even when 4 o'clock rolls around, 4.30, 5 o'clock, I'm, I'm still doing this for you. And I'm fin- I want to finish it, put the, put the last stones and finish it well. It's not just actually finishing it physically, but also finishing it with that same supernatural drive. And we can ask our Lord to, if you can just point out the times in which we lack that drive, that enthusiasm, and maybe it was just human enthusiasm. Father Fred tells the story of, of how he, he went to uh, one of these restu- subway restaurants and there was, a, there, was a, there was a girl working there with purple hair and piercings. And, uh, and uh, he tried to sort of humor her a bit. She looked, uh, she looked very, very, very pale, very thin, tattoos. And, and just to humor her, he said to her, well, what, can you give me what you think is the best thing here? This is a subway. I mean, it's not exactly, uh, you know, he just needed a sandwich, you know. And often when you do that, when you humor the people, they light up, they're, they're taken seriously for their expertise, uh, you know, because you're asking for their, you know, what do you think is the best here? What is the best sandwich? What is the best coleslaw? I don't know. You know as, as though they were connoisseurs of the sandwiches. You know? And sometimes they, they light up. And so he asked her that. So what do you think is the best sandwich here in this store? You, you, you know this much better. She said, kind of chewing gum, you know, she said, man, this is just a job. I don't care. What do you want? Complete, what do you want? With her purple hair and piercings. And, uh, well, even that soul, God bless her, she could discover, she could come to sanctify that task and say, you had to have the meatballs with the, I don't know what, uh, you know, with the roasted, uh, I don't know what. And naturally, we're not going to do that, but, but uh, is there any of that in my life? It's just a job. I just got to get this done. I have a deadline. 
in one of the letters of uh, our father there, that the new letters the, called Res Omnis. Our father was so like around 30 years old or so. And he comments back then on the if I will draw all things to myself, if I will lift it up onto the, onto the earth, I will draw all things to myself. Uh, this idea that, that he saw there that, that we could draw all things to Christ through our, through our work. And of course, uh, it is, it's very central for us that through our work, we can, we're somehow mysteriously drawing Christ to souls. And th- we have to be reminded of this. And the possibility, of course, is waiting for us as soon as we get out of bed, as soon as we, we, we step out the door. There's a world of grace out there, a world of sanctification, of struggle, of virtues awaiting, the virtues of order, the, the virtue of punctuality, the virtue of, of prudence in its different expressions, of professionalism, and work well done out of love. It's waiting for us every day we step out the door. Work, we know, is not just another topic in our daily life. It's part of our DNA. It's part of the very molecular structure of everything we do. Lord, we ask you now, help me never to settle for mediocrity in the way I work or mediocrity in which I infuse supernatural intentions into what I do. Or for that matter, even settle for shoddy workmanship. But even though we know we can't offer shoddy workmanship, that shoddiness is also present in the way we've offered it. If we don't offer it, if we don't do it for supernatural intentions. The peace with which we proceed has to be there. Steve Jobs said uh, before he died, he said, your work is going, to be, is going to fill a large part of your life. And the only way to be truly satisfied is to do what you believe is great work. The only way to be satisfied is to do what you believe is great work. And the only way to do great work is to love what you do. If you haven't found it yet, keep looking. Don't settle. As with all matters of the heart, you'll know when you find it. I think that we can apply that to ourselves. We shouldn't settle. And of course, for us, uh, time is very valuable, the way we work, but time is valuable, more valuable even than money. I mean, think about it. If you run out of money, you can always find ways to save, to earn, or to borrow more to get, to get you through. But if you run out of time, well, that's it. You're, you're out of luck. You, know? you have no more time. You're dead. You can't earn more time or borrow time from somebody else. Even the wealthiest person can't buy another year of time with all their money when they're on their deathbed. In that sense, of course, time is priceless. So it'd be good that we look at our habitual use of time 
if, if we are often, uh, you know, going down those rabbit holes, those YouTube rabbit holes and, and whatever website rabbit holes in which we do waste time, time is being used, but it's, it's, it can't really be said to be work offered for love of God. You can't be like that guy who went to see the doctor and the doctor said he had six months to live. And, uh, and he says, but, I, but doctor, I can't pay for the treatment. He says, don't worry, don't worry. I'll just give you an extra six months. <laughs> You'll be fine. Time is similar to money in that it is a commodity that we need to conserve well, something you need to, to you know, be careful with. And just like your money can be stolen by thieves, well, it's obvious that your, your time can be stolen by many thieves, time bandits as we call them. Some people call, consider every hour of the day like a 24-hour golden coin to spend and they're very careful on what they're going to spend it on every hour. Now our, our father was not, I would say he's not a stressed person. He wasn't a stressed person. He wasn't like, I have to make, to make use of time. I have to, like, he wasn't like freaking out. That he was, he knew how to rest. Yet he was not flicking out, just doing nothing either. But as we know, he was just doing what required perhaps less effort. He loved St. Paul's zeal as an apostle. Uh, which is expressed not simply in an emotional whirlwind of activity, uh, a passion of emotions, but a conviction that there is little time to do the work of God. And therefore, I have to, I have to work with more intensity. I have to prepare my, the formation I give with more intensity. intensity. Tempus breve est. Our Father said in Furrow, I grant you it is difficult not to waste time. I grant you it is difficult not to waste time. Probably that's even more true now than when he wrote that. Because we have so many things by which time can be wasted. He said, but notice that God's enemies, the other side, does not rest. What is more, remember the truth that Paul, a champion of love of God, proclaims, tempus breve est, this life is slipping away through our fingers. It is impossible to recover it. And, yeah, and so that's why, you know, making good use of time sometimes implies working very focused, trying to be focused on the work we have to do, maybe going more in depth and putting aside things that are like those, those typical time killers. But also knowing how to invest time in, in the way we do the norms well, out of love. I have an image that I, it's funny how these images stick, stick with you, but uh, I remember when I was in Rome, um, um, I I don't remember what I was doing exactly, but I, I was working there in Cababianca. I think I was doing some repairs outside, and somebody told me that the father was coming. Don Alvaro was coming, and I had to go and open the portone 
of the Fiume, which is the section where Don Alvaro would stay. And this would have been probably about four or five in the afternoon now, so it was relatively late in the day. It was probably May or June, I don't remember the month now, but but I ran up to the portone and I had the key and, and, and it opened up. And I just waited there at the portone, waiting for Don Alvaro. And, um, and finally the car pulled up, the Mercedes driven by Javier Cotello came up. And it was going quite fast, I noticed. Uh, and as it passed by, I just stood there and then, you know, the plan was to close the door and then open it later on for when he was to leave. But I still remember the vision I have of Don Alvaro in the back of the car. So this would have been like 1992. So this would have been like around May or so, 1992. But, but he was in the back of the car. He could see he was sweating and very tired. His eyes closed. He had his hands up by his chin, grasping a rosary. And you could hear that they were saying the rosary as they were going by, as they were zipping by. Right? And, uh, and he was praying with such intensity, so taking advantage of this moment. It's only an image that I have. It's not saying anything huge, but, but that he was taking advantage of that moment to pray the rosary with great piety. And uh, we too should do that. And this is what you're doing now during the retreat, you're taking stock, how time has passed. We've known people who have died, young people, older people. Well, each person is allotted a certain amount of time in their life. They have a certain amount of years to realize their mission on earth. And then their mission will continue in heaven. But it begins here. And your mission and my mission will, will stop one year as well. So am I, am I really sanctifying myself in my work? Am I keeping the presence of God? And we read in the collect of the Mass of our Father, it says, Ut quotidianum laborum in spiritu Christi fidelite exergentes, so that, that uh, in, in our daily work, in the spirit that we faithfully exercise, in the spirit of Christ, eldo fidu tuo configuremum, that we be configured in your, in your son, redemptionis opera dente amore serviamus, that we serve uh, ardently the work of, of, uh, of salvation, of redemption. Opera ardente amore serviamus. We're actually contributing to the work of salvation, the work of redemption. Converting our work into prayer. An encounter with God. Is that happening with me, Lord? How do I do that? By the aspirations that I offer while I work. Lord, this next hour is, is for, uh, for this person, this act of love, the effort, to stay in his presence.
Recent short videos, clips showed our father speaking on work that they put in the website. Different little clips where he's talking about work. And one lady asks, how to overcome routine, she said. The boredom, she says, of all the days that seem to be the same. Burdensome, she says. Sin brillo, she says, Argentinian. Sin brillo. Without, uh, without uh, you know, luminosity or whatever. Not very glamorous, she says. My days are not very glamorous. She's asking, how do I overcome routine? And I don't know what she was doing. She didn't describe. Maybe she was just having to take care of the apartment or the home or something. And her father immediately reacts. No, no. He said, I am sure you are capable of converting the prose of each day into heroic verse, into poetry. And then he really gets worked up and excited. And he says, it is not true that all days are the same. If you put love in your day, in, then each day will be different. Today is hard to imagine getting bored with all the distracting things that we have around us. So many things vying for our attention. All that information, all that screen time. But all that screen time is not leaving us unchanged. But if we type with love, we type with energy and rectitude as sons, can't we make some form of poetry in that daily stuff that we do? Because fundamentally we know that we are his beloved. And we are led out of darkness, of the darkness of unbelief to the light of faith. One author, Brendan Manning, came to the conclusion after reading a, a passage from the Book of Wisdom which read his love is for you and his longing is greater so I'm, I don't, I'm, I'm paraphrasing now something like that his longing is for you the longing of God for you and he took that phrase in other words the longing of God for the soul, the desire of God for the soul. And he describes that he thought about this many times in monasteries, in 747s, in caves, and retreats, in deserted places. He said, I believe his desire for you and for me can best be described as a furious longing. And when you take these words personally, very personally, a number of beautiful things come to pass as we receive the virtue of faith and hope. He says, The drumbeats of doom in your head will be re replaced by a song in your heart which could lead to a twinkle in your eye. The drumbeats of doom in your head can be replaced by a song in your heart which could lead to a twinkle in, in your eye. You will not depend on the company of others to ease your loneliness, for he is, Emmanuel, God with us. The praise of others will not send your spirit soaring, nor will their criticism plunge you into the pit. Their rejection may make you sick, 
but it will not be a sickness unto death. And in a significant interior development, you will move from I should pray to I must, I must pray. You will, have, you will live with an awareness that the Father not only loves you, but likes you. God the Father not only loves you, but he likes you. You will stop comparing yourself to others. In the same way, you will not trumpet your own importance, boast about your victories in the vineyard, or feel superior to anyone. And off and on, throughout the day, you will just know that you are being seen by Jesus with a gaze of infinite tenderness. Infinite tenderness. If I could live like that, knowing that I'm gazed upon by infinite tenderness, do I have that twinkle in my eye as I work? Let us ask for that, uh, yeah, that change, that conversion, the way we work. Donovo said, if our work does not help us to become saints, then it is good for nothing, he said. I want my work to help me be a saint. Let's ask for this. Donovo can intercede for us. We knew our Father so well. He'll intercede for us so that our work really, really does make us saints. I thank you, my God, for the good resolutions, affections, and inspirations you have communicated to me in this meditation. I ask your help to put them into effect. My Immaculate Mother, St. Joseph, my Father and Lord, my Guardian Angel, intercede for me.